السلام عليكم فوكس إن الحمد لله وكفاه والصلاة والسلام على رسوله المصطفى وعلى عباده الذين ارتضاه ومن بهداهم اهتدى وبآثار أهل المدينة اقتفى وبعد فسلام الله على القوم أهلا وسهلا بكم ومرحبا حوان ينغلايت بيمنيدوس التودوس خشامديد بخير راغلي بيبال and سواغتم سواغتم to this Christmas special edition let me just see that everybody can see me right and one moment with me is my little helper hello 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 merry christmas people this today is santa's little helper over here <laughs> so there you go so i've got my zozo with me right here now just let her sit here i'm just changing this screen and sharing it with just one momento one momento right yeah, right there. I'll have to. Yeah, I <laughs> there you go. Can you see you now? Yeah. Shall so there you are. You don't need a hat. Okay, there you go. My salsa's taken off a hat, people. I'm just going to bring this up. Now, I had actually, you know, the amount of. Uh, let me see if I can. Ah, that's better. All right, where's my Zozo? <laughs> I love it. Right, so there you go, people. I'm just going to be sharing this onto the other page. Put on my topi for once. People say Mufti doesn't wear a topi, so just to to let people know that I've got my topi on. <laughs> right, so un momento, un momento. Let me just see. Yeah, 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 claro que sí, claro que sí. One moment, let me just check what's going on here. Oh, that's odd. All the, oh, there they are. All the Facebook chats are back. Somebody said, uh, <laughs> the microphone is touching God. <laughs> okay, I take it it's back. Sound is rattling. Is the sound still rattling, people? Mm -hmm. Needs his mic sorted. The audio is messed up. Audio is bad. Oh, wow. Well, let me see. What about if I reduce this? Is that any? Is that any better? I don't know. Is uh, is it still rattling, people? Is the audio? What about if I bring it down to about here? Hello, hello. Testing, testing. Rattle like stone cold. Oh, well. Mm -hmm. So I'm not quite sure what's going on here. Is it? Is it still? It's still messed up. Damn. Desktop audio. Let me see if I stop this. And um, if I. Uh, just meddling with some still bad. Ooh. Well, what I can do is if it doesn't, still the same. Ah, bloody hell. 
If I use this now, one moment, one moment. Is that any better now? Let me see. I've switched the microphone. Sometimes um, I don't have a beard. Let me see if that's has that improved anything. Not the setting. No, I've switched the mic. Is it still not? I've changed the mic. We've got a different mic running now. So is that still not working, people? Ah. Alright, alright people, ahlam wa sahlam bikum wa marhaban. And can I say that? Of course you can, people. Santa's little helper is over here just to say something. Wait there, un momento, let me just uh, switch there, this. There was Layla, she, ha, she, ha, she talked to a woman, you know, you said, are you Mufti Dot? And she said, and she said all of the people to describe to Mufti's <laughs> So somebody said, some lady said to Layla, are you Mufti's daughter? No, not oh. lady, a child. Some child said, ah, well, okay. So people, and she, and the other <laughs> my little Santa's helper can't be seen. There she is, she's seen now. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, people. Merry Christmas. So today we're going to be taking a look at the rulings on Christmas. Is Christmas okay? We have a Christmas tree. <laughs> we have a Christmas tree, people. We do have a Christmas tree. It's, uh, it's downstairs. I did put it on my, um, on my Insta story. Were you happy with the Christmas tree? Yeah. You're happy with it. Tika, are you No. Is it? <laughs> it's way past your bedtime, little girl. Off you go, off you go. Jao so jao so jao. Tike, chalo. Dari utarlo. Close the door. Wow. Tike. People, we is back. I figured out what the problem was. Jao. So, right, I figured it out, people. I figured it out. So, what is going on? Let me check the. Uh, mi YouTube gente, what is going on, people? All right, I was supposed to have uh, enlarged the the YouTube chat as well. It's a bit. <laughs> there you go, people. There you go. This is the. <laughs> oh ho ho ho! So those people who say that Mufti should grow a full beard there you go yeah huh? here those people who say that well all right so all right <laughs> let's take this off now that's enough now that's enough that's enough <laughs> So people, what's going on? What's going on? Right, so 
Alright, somebody said you've been naughty, 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 you people, you teasing me. So, <laughs> what is going on people? We have to discuss the uh, Christmas scenario. So let me just transition this across. Alright, look at that people, look at that. So... I'm just, you know, all this, I'm, I'm learning as we're going along, I'm learning all this stuff and it's, it's amazing, honestly, this whole um, online thing. I've also been, I've also kind of upped slightly <laughs> the game on the whole online platform been really trying to learn and improve so people do check out a lot of this stuff check out my youtube channel i've uh, slightly uh, enhanced it and i am releasing <laughs> i've got that bloody beard thing all over me now um i'm releasing a video every day so if you've not already subscribed to my uh, YouTube then you've got to do that people make sure you head over click subscribe the notification icon all right so oh my god I haven't shared this on the other page toba 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 kufar kufar this one this one not nice now I'm just going to share this and then let's get this show on the road people let's deal with some of the the pressing issues that the awesome social media people have got preoccupying their minds look at that there it is right almost done and done all right so what is going on now you know what I can also do is because you see I'm still I'm still learning with all of this by the way everything is so uh, why everything is halal with you answer why <laughs> Why everything halal with you? <laughs> well, I think problem lie with you. Why haram everything with you? <laughs> Beginning with your birth. <laughs> the first haram incident is clearly your birth. <laughs> That's something that should not have happened. <laughs> But, so, God, that's annoying, that is, that, all that, that Santa's beard. Right, now, what is going on? Right, so, you see, there's something important to explain, that in Islam, it's not me, it's the Sharia that places everything by default to be halal. Now, Although everybody accepts that in principle, now in the real world they struggle 
in applied um, Sharia, they struggle to accept that then. However, uh, am I? Right, okay. So, however, in the real world, they struggle to accept that. And that's their own kind of shortcoming. It's not the, the Sharia's fault. Right, so now, 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 let me just go back to, right, so what I'll be doing is I'll be taking a look at the questions as well that you guys are posting. May God give you love and blessings. Shukran, shukran, Jays. You're doing it, you're doing it, you're doing it, you're doing it. Right, so, the next Labour leader. <laughs> I haven't got time for politics, you know. But it's a shame. Like I mentioned, what happened to Jeremy Corbyn uh, was a tragedy of biblical proportions. <laughs> I laugh at it, but I mean, it's, it's really sad. I mean, I'm a proper Corbyn fan, but man, they did him over bad. Zalim dunya. Let me do, you know, like the Pakis do the. Zalim dunya papi sansar. They really did the bachara over, man. <laughs> I mean, like I mentioned last week, he spent decades of his life, so many decades, campaigning against corruption, against oppression and racism. And not only do they, does he face his greatest humiliating defeat, unfortunately, at the peak of his career, but he's asked to close his entire chapter with the label racist. <laughs> The very thing he fought for decades. This is this dunya people. Dunya daniya darahimu wa That's the essence of this world, people. So you have to be very weary, incredibly weary. Mufti's Diobandi teachers be thinking, why we give him ijaza? <laughs> <laughs> I've had Salafi teachers, I've had Diobandi teachers, I've had Brilvi teachers, I've had Maliki teachers, I've had Shafi'i teachers, Hanafi teachers, I've I've even had Zahiri teachers, believe it or not. I have taken knowledge from each and all. But as I often say people, I don't have a hierarchy. I am the hierarchy. <laughs> it's too late. I am now a mufti. So I am the hierarchy. <laughs> it's too too late. You know, this one too late, you know. <laughs> so So this is what's going down, people. This is the nature of the dunya. Dunya Zalim Zalim What's the there's a poem that Hamne chaha ke zakhm bhar jayen. 
जख्म ही जख्म भर गए मुझ में मैंने मैंने चाहा सॉरी जख्म भर जाए जख्म ही जख्म भर गए मुझ में rather rather than the wound filling up i filled up with wounds so the <laughs> so one must be very careful you know what one wish for <laughs> so with that going on people what else we've got oh my god what's going on in india people what's going on in india so those of you who ain't familiar let me uh sum it up for you bring you up to speed on on the arrah arrah people arrah so at the same time let's see if i can bring up all right there they are i can see now that's much better right so what is going on what is going on so those of you that are um those of you that are uh unaware of the indian situation right now so let me just bring you up to speed people a revolution is potentially underway those of you are familiar with the caa uh, the citizens amendment act or um yeah citizens amendment act that's been passed in india and the nrc then the national register database or department or whatever it is sorry the council nrc what these things are let me give you a very brief summary india as you're familiar under the bjp has really i mean began gradually drifting towards the far right hindutva hardcore hinduism but then it moved uh beyond that it went from um hindutva to so it went from hindutva to just an absolute <laughs> serious like we're talking like far out far right nazi like policies that have been uh put into place now and and these have now been somewhat normalized okay so people are uh just accepting them as normal they're saying well you know and it began with things like let's say very early on meddling with muslim affairs things like uh, uh the you you're not allowed to eat beef you're not allowed to the beef ban you're not allowed to have cattle in that way you've got to so it began with this kind of stuff then the lynching of muslims then it went on to um things like um it went on to uh dealing with the three talaq issue which is the triple talaq like legislating for that then they went on to the the ram mandir case and so many things but now they've come up with this so what is this well 
it begins with the, there's a part of on the east of India which is called Assam, a uh, major region. Now it's got a lot of asylum seekers and refugees and, and things like that there. So they assumed a lot of them were Muslim because many have fled Rohingya. Now they came up with this thing that we want to register everyone and you will only be given you'll be entitled to stay so in this country so long as you are have documents and can prove yourself that you know you're legal in this country if you're illegal we're going to send you back but then what happened as it transpired out of i think there were like two million refugees um that in assam around that region approximate give or take maybe a bit more now they then realized that oh almost 70 percent of all of these were actually hindu <laughs> so it's like uh okay that backfired because they were expecting them to be muslim so they could send them back but even though many were muslim but the majority the overwhelming majority were not muslim they were hindu so then they passed this bill uh, called the citizens amendment act where they've uh, said that look okay if you are in this country and you don't have documents we will provide documents and provide citizenship for you if you're persecuted or whatever so long as you are and they've mentioned you know you're from these countries you're suffering whatever and you are Christian Hindu Sikh Jain Buddhist these things except Muslim <laughs> except Muslim so they just singled out Muslims said so long as you're not Muslims no but so long as you're any of the others we will give that to you now the problem doesn't stop there it further stretches on to you see this NRC this national register is then folded rolled out throughout the entire uh, or and it's planned to roll out through throughout the entire country throughout India and the same rule applies. It doesn't matter if your parents are born in here, in this country. You have to prove through documentation that you are Indian. Now, you have to remember that with the majority, over 60% of India is in extreme poverty. And a huge percentage of people live in slums. You can't expect these people to have paperwork. But they've then said, the same rule of the citizen amendment act applies oh you haven't got paperwork that's okay we will provide paperwork for you so long as you are hindu jain sikh buddhist christian but not muslim so what on earth what what are people supposed to do so if you've got people living in the slums who's grandparents great-grandparents lived in India all their lives as far as they know they've always as far as they know I mean maybe you know five eight hundred years ago somebody migrated from somewhere but as far as they're aware but they don't have paperwork so the government saying don't worry we will provide you with it so long as you're not Muslim <laughs> I laugh at these people and it's not a laughing matter it's I laugh at the audacity that they've had to come out and say that in public in front of the international media and the country is up in arms people this sankat me it's one big problem people big problem
So there's a huge problem. There's try. I mean, there's there's the, you know protests everywhere in Delhi, in different cities. You've got people protesting. They've got like, and there's just been so much going on. This and all kinds of people are protesting: Hindus, Christians, Sikhs, Muslims, Jain. People are saying that because India is a secular country, that how can you be? You know what the hell are you doing to this country? And they've built. In Assam, they've built concentration camps for the Muslims. <laughs> it's like, what the hell is going on, people? In almost 2020, we've got this going on. So um, that's uh, some of the unfortunate things that are going on. Oh, it came across, actually. People, I'm upping the game now. I'm upping the game. Let me see if I can... कहीं और चले जाने का हमने उस ऑप्शन को मंजूर नहीं किया और इसी गली के हैं खाक से इसी गली के हैं खाक से यहीं खाक अपनी मिलाएंगे न बुलाए आपके आए हैं न निकाले आपके जाएंगे लेट्स पीपल that sums it up. That's the sentiment of the people. So, as you can see, that is what people are experiencing. They're feeling that, that look, this, you know, how can you <laughs> chuck us out of our own country? Uh, they're saying that this, this is, that everybody fought for this country. You know, there's uh, the the poet says, "Sabka khun shamil hai is mitti mein." Everybody's blood is uh, has been soaked by this soil. Kisi ke baap ka Hindustan thori hai. I believe that's Rahat Indori Indori's that he said the saints. Your dad's India. <laughs> so people, that's I thought that was very important to touch upon. Um, so what else is going on, people? What else is going on? Un momento, let me just uh, just bring this up to there. That's good. All right. So <clears throat> somebody saying, <clears throat> um. Right, so, right, now, what else I, I, I'd be, I will be discussing today is, one, the whole Christmas thing in a bit of depth. What is the backdrop? Is participating in Christmas haram, Christmas trees, Santa Claus, uh, all these kind of things are... Uh, So now I'll be discussing that and how, because it has a Christian origin to it, how does that complicate matters? Does it complicate matters? If so, so these are things we'll be looking at. Right, what else, people? What else? I'll also want to share a few words on there's a person who's been condemned 
in Pakistan under blasphemy just this month to death. Uh, Junaid Hafiz, I believe his name is. So that's something I'd like to share a few thoughts on as well. But as always, let's take a look at your at your questions, people. Right. So right now, are you going to do a review of the late Patricia Crone's works? I have been dealing with some of the issues of what Patricia Crone has been saying. Um, I actually admire uh, these people's works and I'm not insecure. You know, the problem is that you see many Muslims and many people of religion, and this isn't exclusive for Islam. Um, many people of religion become incredibly insecure when somebody challenges their faith. Um, now, we have to remember that, right, we have to remember that a person's, our skills are only as good as our adversaries, okay. A worthy opponent, a worthy adversary is incredibly admirable. Honestly, it really ups your game in coming in facing the facts. You just need the courage and the determination to stand up and face challenges. Uh, I love the challenges that these people have presented to Islam because it's forced me as a person to to really evaluate things, to look at things in such depth, to analyze, to, to kind of have to synthesize different reports together, to revisit my understanding and interpretation, and on some occasions have to edit it because I've come to realize, oh, well, hmm, they seem to have a point on some things, and on other things, you understand that, well, there must be an explanation to, what, to all of this. So I have been answering quite a few uh, of the um, the things that Patricia Crone and other people have looked at. And Patricia Crone, although she was uh, er early on, she was a part of the, the whole Hagarism movement. But in her later years, like I think she passes, she passed away maybe 2015 or something like that. But in the last decade of her life, her works were incredibly powerful and they weren't this kind of the early Hagarism that began in the 60s, okay, oh sorry, in the 70s. Hagarism was initially a movement by Islam revisionists saying that Islam was in essence a an offshoot of Judaism, if you like, and so um, it was in essence a kind of, it was Judaism. If in in kind of vague words that's what they're saying not that it became it was a separate thing following on it was actually a type of jews that just began a slightly separate practice which later on in the time of later umayyad caliphs and abbasid caliphs was rebranded as islam so this was hagarism in its early kind of form although 
the, the people, the proponents of Hagarism, and the reason Hagar is obviously Hajar in Arabic, the, you know, from Abraham, from the mother of Ismail, and that's why Hagarism, they called it. But to be fair, they, this was like, I think in the late 70s, they were saying things like this Hagarism, and, and, and although their usul and principles remain the same, so their principles were, we will only accept from Islam that which can be substantially or objectively, in a loose sense, using the word objectively, like anthropologically or archaeologically or through non-partisan representation uh, can be proved. So, for example, will we accept the Prophet Muhammad existed? They said we, will, we won't accept Muslim sources because they're biased. We will only accept proof, like if you can bring me a coin or you can bring an inscription in a rock, or you can bring something. And first, they couldn't bring anything, so they so there was questions that did the Prophet even exist. Later on, they did find, people found Byzantine reports, Byzantine historians and, uh, and other non-Muslim historians who were contemporaneous with the Prophet, although they may have written this maybe one or two years after the Prophet had passed, but they were people who lived the same time, contemporary to the Prophet, who mentioned the Prophet. They, I mean, some of them may not mention him in positive light, but they mentioned him. So a Byzantine historian writes that, oh, there's this person, Mahmud, who uh, is an Arab, and he has, um, he describes him as an Arab raider. He says he's a raider and he has his uh, these kind of Arab um, vigilantes with him and so on. And so one person, although he doesn't speak of him positively, he's a Byzantine um, and he's also speaking of him as though he's still alive. And this is when the Prophet has passed, maybe just two years prior to that. So it's interesting that the news hadn't reached these people or these people weren't clear whether the Prophet was still alive or he'd passed but they'd heard of him and likewise there's another report of the prophet as well from a non-muslim source so because these are non-partisan sources their words can be taken um you know it, it, it reinforces the narrative that this person existed so patricia crone as an example said that i have no doubt that the prophet muhammad وسلم, existed because it's impossible that these people co-conspired especially the non-muslims so and some people really have this, like I said, this hatred for her. In her last few years, she was, if I recall correctly from what I read and I've watched some of her interviews and I've read quite a few of her journals and stuff. I've even got some. I bought some as well. So um, she, uh, she, she was diagnosed with cancer, I believe, and then passed away after a few years. Now, I heard somewhere some Muslims celebrating you know, oh, thank God she died, and oh, oh, oh. you know, honestly, so embarrassing. It's so, so embarrassing. You know, this is why, you know, what is wrong with Muslims? Honestly, like, you know, so petty and so dumb some people are. The, 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 you know, it's like, calm down, for God's sake. I mean, if you have, you know, you know, that's the thing. If you've got the strength, match her arguments with arguments. Match her opinions with opinions. I mean, she's one woman, for God's sake. Well, you can't handle the opinions of a woman. 
Like, why are you so petrified? So I, you know, I. This is why I, 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 I'm sometimes just left. I have like mixed emotions. Like I'm kind of so disappointed and at the same time just amused. <laughs> you know what's going on? That why are you so so kind of flabbergasted and so so what? Let her say the best. Let her bring the best of her arguments. I will meet them, opinion with opinion. Yar, koi hamsa ho to samne That's that's you know having security, having confidence in what you believe. So yeah, so I I appreciate that that these people because they've upped the game. Honestly, that if you read some of her stuff. Um, it goes to show that, okay, we've got to reevaluate some nuances. Uh, like, so for example, when I've mentioned in the past that Mecca was not a, a sig like a significant city, contrary to what we've thought it was, it was most likely like a very small town that was much smaller than we think it was. Um, and it wasn't really on the radar in Arabia. It was like something very small and, un and I think I may have given an example like saying if you look at England, for example, or the UK, the, we, our picture of Mecca is like saying uh, it must have been one of the major cities, like, like equivalent, like in the UK you're going to say something like whether it's going to be London, Birmingham, Manchester, even Glasgow or something of great prominence that people would have all heard of. Um, Cardiff, but actually it, it's, it tra transpires that it was most likely nothing like this. It was a very small, invisible kind of town. Maybe it's like saying within the UK something like Dudley or Redditch or something which no, unless you were really from there, if you were an outsider, you wouldn't really know about it. So it's... Um, and, and the reason I say this is because, th and th this is a lot of this, the evidence has been brought forward by uh, people like Patricia Crone and other people. And it's evidence you can't really walk away from. You know, the fact that they, they have dug up the trade routes. Mecca was not on any trade route. Ta'if was, however. Khaybar was. Medina, which is Yathrib, was. Uh, but Mecca was not. In fact, Mecca as a name doesn't even really appear on any map pre-Islam. Then there is that uh, you know, that Makarabi, whatever, there, there is a, uh, which some people feel may have been referring to Mecca, may have, but, um, so I, I feel that these things can't be ignored. The fact that also it, it's, I mean, this is a different issue now, but uh, it's disappointing that we don't have any archaeological evidence from Mecca itself which is a shame, really. And if anything, we can just blame the Saudis. <laughs> because, you know, because th this is something that the the is Islam revisionists and Orientalists and Islamophobes and these people keep saying that, why the hell hasn't Mecca got any archaeological findings? <laughs> and you're thinking, Yar, point. <laughs> That's because, I don't know, Saudi doesn't really seem to support it, doesn't seem to allow it. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a huge problem, though. But yeah, so these, so like I said, um, I do welcome any criticisms people have, and I feel that we can meet them with strength. To me, I'm secure uh, in my faith. I, my faith is built on reason, 
It's not built on blind faith. So I'm secure that it can stand the test. Uh, it has stood the test of time and it can stand the, the criticisms of people. Right, so... Um, what's this? Right, I don't know. Somebody is saying... Um, Right, somebody asked, what about the stories of pre-Islamic pilgrimage to the Kaaba? I think there were some. They never, I don't think they really used to come to the Kaaba like that. I think they used to come close to Mecca. They did used to come to Arafah. Uh, that part is true. And people, probably some people did come to Mecca, but it wasn't on the scale that we imagined. Um, so it was a Kaaba. But the, you, we have to remember there were about twenty Kaabas in in the in Arabia. So, and Mecca, I don't think was a massively prominent one at all. I think with Quraysh it was, but Quraysh kind of were self conceited about it. Like they, you know, it was their thing, and they thought that this is so amazing to us. But I think to other people, it may not have been all that. So. Um, but yeah, but a lot of history is obviously being written through the perspective of Quraysh. So we don't really know sometimes what other people felt. Because we're not really looking at history through how did Bani Tamim, for example, really view. I don't think they viewed it all that. But uh, from some of the findings we do find. But yeah, so this, this is interesting stuff anyway. Uh, somebody has asked... Ishaq has asked that, what about the hadith Man Tashabbaha Biqawmin? Man Tashabbaha Biqawmin Fahuwa Minhum Right, what's going on? What's going on? Oh, that's better. Um, right, so I've got a very, I've got a f an incredible video clip for you people. It's on YouTube. It's called the War Wager Paradox Hadith. So, I'd like you to, after today's, um, today's live episode, do go on my YouTube channel and you can, you can obviously click like, click share, people, right? Spread the love and the fitan and fasad. <laughs> but uh, if you search on there for the war wager paradox, so it's called the war wager hadith paradox. And what I explain through that is I bring forward a paradox in hadith studies using this very hadith of I have been commanded to fight people because this hadith is claimed to be mutawatir and the paradox is that if it be mutawatir then nobody embraces it <laughs> which kind of leaves you stuck that they don't embrace it because they say it couldn't have meant what it says but then they argue that what is said is so well established <laughs> so if it's so well established there can't be any doubt about it but that provides a meaning and the meaning they say well no we can't mean that so we can't accept the meaning uh, it must have meant a different meaning which then questions the whole concept of hadith tawatur and hadith establishment so i i feel that uh that's a, a quite an interesting uh clip i've got there do check it out people um right now 
what is going on let's take a look somebody asked why are muslims uh so why do they get so happy about um let me prophet uh said why will muslims be happy knowing kuffar will burn in hell forever uh, i actually agree with you that that is not a not a an islamically endorsed sentiment okay it is not from the character of the prophet it is not from the teachings of the prophet and it's not taught in the quran either encouraged like that but for some reason based on you know compound ignorance muslims and this is religious people in general they become incredibly bigoted and they can start saying and this is some people i'm not saying all people are like this but a lot of religious people can become like that that they're taught dogmatism that only you are gonna make it and everybody else is gonna burn in hell um so what what to do is they say that oh yeah i mean and and they sorry they see this as a way to make themselves feel good that ha ah, you know you might be loving life right now but you're gonna burn in the afterlife <laughs> right i mean what what does that seriously mean uh that's just crazy i mean these kind of things um I find it totally crazy honestly so this this is not something you know it's like Allah says in the Quran and the irony is in the Quran Allah actually mocks and ridicules some of the Jewish people of the time for saying that for having this sentiment that you know that Allah says that have you uh, that you know have you uh, taken a a promise from allah have you kind of got a mithaq from allah a covenant have you you know what what are you so happy about and so sure of yourselves you know that you feel that other people will all burn whilst you will be salvaged that what 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 makes you think this so you know allah says that that you know have you taken this this kind of ahad according to allah so this yeah i mean this attitude is wrong i condemn that mr khan has asked that the real mount sinai please oh rather <laughs> you can watch my clip on youtube the real mount sinai most likely is in northwest arabia and uh, there's a, a difference of opinion what it may exactly be most likely perhaps Jabal Badr or one of these but it's a, a volcano that is in northwest Africa uh, sorry northwest Arabia not in the Sinai Peninsula the Sinai Peninsula is um, posthumous it's kind of retrospectively eponymous <laughs> people people <laughs> you think mufti does not know the big words <laughs> so it's named after mount sinai hence it's called the sinai peninsula but it's done later it's a retrospective retrojected <laughs> 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 
Lord, <laughs> Lord of mercy. <laughs> right, so this people is, uh, so just because it's called the Sinai Peninsula, but that was named in, I believe it was the third century uh, after Christ. So, you know, it's a long time after Moses nonetheless. Um, somebody said, have you stopped indexing your videos? I haven't, but last week's there was an issue. Uh, it will be done. Ankarib, Ankarib people, Ankarib. So, what is, uh, what's going on people? What's going on? Should we deal with, what are some questions that people have posted uh, beforehand? Let's go to your pre-submitted questions, people. Pre-submitted, you know, this one. <laughs> what's your opinion on the virgin birth of Jesus? Fact or fiction? <laughs> you see, people, Nabil Muhammad Mahmoud sorry, has asked an important question. I've got a video clip. Do watch it. I go into much detail in that clip called... Uh, it's just if you just search the keywords that... Um, virgin birth with my name. Now, I just want to say here on a tangent. Let me just go off on a little tangent, people. Tangent, tangent, you know, tangent. Yeah, for the love of God, people. <laughs> Don't hold on to your brain cells that much as an investment. Use them. <laughs> you know, I'll have the amount of people I have sometimes messaging me. And they'll say, Musti, have you, you know, what's this question? And I'll say that, oh, I've got a clip on that on YouTube, if you check it. So they'll say, oh, but I don't know how to find it. Oh, I don't know how to find it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, have you typed in Mufti Abu Late and the keyword? Oh, oh yeah, come right up. Oh yeah. <laughs> Honestly, for God's sake, you seriously can't be that incapable and incompetent in life. Just tell me you're not that incompetent and inca I mean, what is this? Is everybody from like set eight from school? <laughs> Are they, have they just kind of multiplied the earth and they're just like everywhere? <laughs> so people stop being so dumb, right? It's embarrassing, honestly. Like I, I can understand if it's complicated, but just use a keyword and just search, search YouTube. My website will also be, it's, it's underway. We're probably about maybe about 40% complete on the website. So we're on phase two right now. So there's going to be probably another phase, phase three, and then we're gonna have it launched properly. So we've completed phase one, phase two, and that will have a search option that you can just search the words and the videos will show up. But right now you can do the same thing on my YouTube channel. So there's nothing to worry about people. Tranquilo, tranquilo, okay. Right, there is help, there is help. So coming back to this question on the virgin birth. Maryam alayhi salam. Now, although many Muslims have felt that Maryam was a virgin when she gave birth, they've really taken this view as influenced by the Christian narrative. 
the Quran seems to take a very vague stance on this and it seems to almost it doesn't affirm that virgin it doesn't state anywhere that virgin that Mary was alayhi salam was a virgin but it one could say you could infer by reading in the gaps you could find something that would support the Christian narrative now an important question is why would the Quran do this why because why not just very clearly dispel this notion and I felt that one of the reasons it didn't affirm it because it wasn't true but it didn't deny it because or it didn't condemn it sorry because it was trying to build bridges with the Christian community so it felt that this was too central a theme at that stage in the early developmental phase of Islam to kind of uh, condemn so it was better to just leave it this is my understanding this is why I feel the Quran didn't uh, tackle it because it wouldn't have it's not like it would have added anything of much value for Muslims and if anything it would have just burnt the bridge with Christians so it left it now the Quran does not actually mention anywhere that Mary was a virgin although people infer that so when she says to the angel in the story that's in the Quran that I have not been touched and he says but such has God decreed that you will have a child so they then assume most not all but most that oh so it must have happened as a miracle without any male intervention whereas the same kind of scenario is said to two other prophets in the Quran so like Zachariah his wife says the same thing she's a uh, similar thing she's promised by an angel that you will get a, have a child and she's saying but I, I'm barren how can I have a child and and the angel says well such as God decreed and then it says she has a child but nobody assumes with Zachariah that oh it was miraculous because we don't have a narrative to support that anyway so people don't don't assume that then the same story is said about Abraham and how his wife has reached old age you know that I've reached this old age how can I have a child she says to the the angel response the response that that is that is what God has decreed um, and then it says she has a child but nobody assumes that with Abraham it was no male intervention either but when Mary says it and the angel says that is what God has decreed they assume oh there was no male intervention but the question is why not of course there was it would have been Joseph who was the husband of Mary and this view that it was natural um, that Jesus was a, a natural child uh, is the view of several Mufassirin and great scholars of Islam especially in recent times who I often quote I've got hold of his tafsir now Maulana Abdul Karim Al-Athari writes that in his tafsir his teacher who is uh, uh, Sheikh Inayatullah Wazirabadi or Gujarati from the Pakistan side of Gujarat uh, or known as Wazirabadi uh, he has a book on it I mean th these people have passed uh, you know mid last century but he has a book on it called Uyun Zamzam Fi Wiladat Ibn Maryam 
where he argues this whole point. Then you've got a great scholars like Allama Tamanna Imadi who wrote the same thing that uh, Jesus uh, had a natural birth. You've heard from India people like uh, Sir Sayyid Ahmed who had said this, a similar thing. You've had many people who have said these kind of things from the Sunni uh, you know, platform. So it's not something really, it makes no difference to a person's Islam. You know, if Jesus had a, a dad or he didn't have a dad, it makes no, like your Islam doesn't change in any way. But that said, from a common sense perspective and a reason-based perspective and a purely evidence, purely from the Quran or Sunnah, we understand that there's nothing that actually says uh, that Jesus ha was born without a father. Now, the verse that people use of Adam, that when they did ask, you see, this is it, the, the Quran responds rather enigmatically, like as a puzzle. It doesn't, it could have just clearly said Jesus didn't have a dad. You know, Isa lam yakun lahu ab. It could have said that, but it didn't. It just says, Mathalu Isa in the like, Mathali Adam. The, the thing of Isa is like Adam, he created him from soil, but Jesus was not created from soil. And Jesus definitely had a mom. So that means Adam must have had a mom. And it says, well, he created him from soil. And then he said, be and it is. But tell me, why, why create from soil if you're going to say be? Why not just say be and it is? Why create it and then say be? You see, so in that, it's upon pondering that everything opens up, that you realize, ah, well, it doesn't actually mean what I so naively thought it to mean. So these things are definitely worth considering. Cool. Right now, uh, is there a right to bear arms in Islam? Anthony Gloria. Oh, <laughs> Uh, is this does, is it just me or does that sound like somebody that's going to go shoot up a cinema hall? <laughs> you 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 teasing us, you right? So right, so the uh, I mean this question of uh, bearing arms. I mean, I think Islam definitely allows self-defense, but these are more political issues today because they've been politicized, so it would depend on the nation and so on. Somebody said, Adam had a mum. You okay, Mufti Sahib? I'm not saying that. The Quran is saying that. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. Are you okay with the Quran? It's not me. So the Quran is saying that, you know, Adam is just like Jesus, so unless Jesus didn't have a mom either, so, uh, or what about the other verse where Allah says about insan, about Adam, and then Adam was a drop of sperm that was placed in a womb. What womb was he placed in? In thin air? Was, obviously, that's a verse of the Quran. So if you want more detail on that, watch my clip on evolution in the Quran explained. So do watch that. You see, the, the problem is that, you know, a lot of us are so far behind on religion. We're so far behind. I, it's unfortunate, guys, but I think there's going to be many of you that this ain't really for you. 
you're just gonna have to kind of die out <laughs> it's gonna be for your children who are gonna really grasp it <laughs> you guys are kind of like extras <laughs> So you're just there as a number. You'd like an extra credit, don't worry. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you won't be able to do this. You just, you know, like there's a term <laughs> in Mirpuri, Kilna, Eme Killi Killi. Yar Janido, Yar Janido. Ye Tumse na ho paiga. You know, this. This is slightly above, you know, your intellect level. So, <clears throat> mm -hmm. right now, yeah, so somebody said the verse says insan, and I've got that in my, so if you watch my clip on YouTube uh, about evolution, I've mentioned all the mufassirin. It actually says, clearly it says insana. it mentions min min we created him from clay and they all say insan here is referring to adam and then it says then we placed him <laughs> so so exactly so what is the uh who is the him so when it mentions yes we created him in sulalatim mintin thumma ja'alnahu nutfatam mimma immahin that we turn then we made him into a drop of uh, uh of semen and then you know thumma ja'alnahu fi qararim makin and so on and so here I mentioned the Mufassirin like Tabari and so on and there were many that said that some tried to say oh no here who means normal humans but not Adam and others who said no but it's referring back to it's 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 the antecedent it's referring back to he if I say we created man from this and then we placed him why why not say then we placed mankind say then we placed him I say oh but I don't mean him I'm just saying him. <laughs> you know, what kind of, that, that, then you're saying God is misleading us on purpose. You know, he's saying, God saying, I created insan from clay. Then I placed him. Are you following? I placed him in the womb. So where did I place insan? In a womb. So people say, <laughs> yeah. So who did I create from soil, from clay? Adam. Where did I place him in a womb? Kufar. Who said? Who said that that him was him? <laughs> Jahils. Jahils don't even know that him can be another him that I've got in my mind. <laughs> what is this game? <laughs> you know? And so that's just that's just dumb. That's saying God's trying to set us up for a fall. <laughs> and then that too allegedly kufr so god's trying to set us up to fall into kufr that's just ridiculous obviously these are this is the quran saying this you know we placed him in uh and then you're saying that him is not him that him is a different him <laughs> 
<laughs> How many dads have you got? <laughs> this is the father of mankind. There's him, who's Adam, and you're saying it's another him. <laughs> oh, ya salam, ya salam. This, this one, too much, you know, too much. Lord, Lord of mercy. <laughs> Have mercy on this ummah. <laughs> Right, so what's going on, people? What's going on? So, <clears throat> right. <sighs> Somebody said, if Adam had a mother, wouldn't she have been mentioned in the Quran? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so put because Mary is integral to the story of Jesus, <laughs> which of the Prophet's mums are mentioned in the Quran? Tell me. That's like if somebody said, oh, if the Prophet Muhammad had parents, then surely they would be mentioned in the Quran. <laughs> I mean, why, why would they be mentioned in the Quran? Yeah, but if, if they're not mentioned in the Quran, then they couldn't have existed. Uh, sorry, the Quran ain't a collection of biographies. <laughs> it's like... Uh, I'm sorry, if Moses had a dad, then he must be mentioned in the Quran. It's like, uh, well, no. <laughs> acha, acha, acha. Acha. Genius. <laughs> this one, genius. Oh. <laughs> nice, this one. <laughs> this one, Einstein. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, God damn, it's amazing. Mm. Honestly, this prophet ha, uh, has said that this ummah is retarded and inbred. Unfortunately, you know what? It, it, we need to stop all these inter-cousin marriages. <laughs> this one's getting to, it's, it's, it's done too much damage to the gene pool. You know, this one, this one. And the worst part is, you know, the, the worst part isn't that some people are a bit, kind of, you know, that's not the worst part. The worst part is that the ones that are a bit, they actually think they're Einstein. They think they're the geniuses and they think other people don't get it. <laughs> they're like, hmm, why are people so dumb? <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> yeah, they're like, hmm. People are so dumb, isn't so dumb. <laughs> All right, so this is... <laughs> anyway, let's move on. What else? Uh, what is going on? Was Eve created from Adam? See, a lot of evolution questions today. Eve wasn't created from Adam. That's just a kind of allegory, just to kind of show that, look, man and woman are inextricably bound together. It's an allegory, people. Allegory, <laughs> Giles. <laughs> you know, the problem with speaking to someone and with eloquence is they, they can't understand what on earth you're saying. They're like, the oh, crew from rib. Oh, you got rib. Look, tell me something. <clears throat> In the Quran, in the Quran, not once is Eve named. Not once. 
he isn't named a single time in the Quran. Why? Do we not know who Eve was? Well, why isn't Eve named in the Quran? Not once. Not a single time. And there are five verses. Cinco, cinco people. Palabra, de, palabra del, de, uh, del Señor. There's uh, five verses, people, that speak of, Oh, mankind, we created you from a peer. Yeah. Now, that we created you for, sorry, from a soul or a kind and then created its partner from there. And then from there, we sent forth many a, a, a man and woman. Now, never does it say in those verses, Adam. Never. There's five verses like that in the Quran. It never says, uh, it says, وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَاكُمْ مِنْ نَفْسٍ وَاحِدًا Never says, min Adam. And yet, Adam is mentioned so many times in the Quran. Adam's not a, like, it's not a shy name in the Quran. It's mentioned the story of Adam on several occasions. And whenever Adam is mentioned, it mentions a partner that he had, but never mentions Eve. Por qué? Por qué, muchachos? Por qué? Right, so that's because this Eve character is biblical. Right, so Eve didn't exist like that. Now, the truth is, Adam salam, would, have, would have had multiple uh, partners who were already in existence. And they would have had children. This is how they would have, uh, you know, this is how they would have populated the earth, uh, as in with home, modern Homo sapiens. So anatomically advanced, you know, cognitive, revolutionized uh, Homo sapiens, because it would have been you would have had normal Homo sapiens anyway, but they just didn't have the same level of cognitive revolution which Adam would have had. And so he would have populated, it would have been his offspring that continue with this, with the cogrev people, the cognitive revolution. So this, this is why the Quran never mentions Eve, ever. Because it's not, because there was no one Eve like that. Even today, in if you look at science, the Human Genome Project will show you that it is true. We do go back. The, what they call the chromosomal Adam and the chromosomal Eve, but they are like 70,000 years apart. They're not together. So people learn science, you know, this one. <laughs> but anyway, somebody said you're rationalizing Islam beyond recognition. Am I or am I just recognizing it from your irrationalization of it? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. What makes you think that your understanding of Islam is correct? I know what makes you think it's true because you've been told that. So the difference is, I know something, you only know what you're being told to know. So, uh, es muy diferente. You know, this is quite different people. So this is why I would say that these things are definitely worth investigating, worth learning, and we need to move away from folklore. We need to move away from this kind of uh, irrationality. We need to move away from this blind faith uh, to a faith 
which is of Islam, which is the faith of fitra, which is built upon reason. Okay. Right. Right. Sorry, it is uh, the, the mitochondri mitochondrial uh, Eve. Sorry. Somebody said the chromosomal, you said chromosomal Adam and chromosomal Eve, mitochon mitochondrial Eve. That's correct. But what I meant to say is the Adam and Eve of science that the Human Genome Project has, has demonstrated are not the kind of pair within religious texts. These are very separate individuals that were probably like 70,000 years, if not more apart. So they're not the same. So just to kind of be weary, that's all, that don't think this Adam and Eve thing that we've got today is more biblical, which we've kind of inherited. Islam has acknowledged some of it, like Adam. It hasn't really acknowledged Eve. Uh, not in the Quran anyway. I know in some hadith, it mentions things like this, but most of those hadith are either made up or they're passed on from uh, that speak of Eve from the Jewish traditions. But Islam in and of itself, it wouldn't make sense to miss something like that when the story of Adam is being mentioned on so many occasions in so much detail in the Quran. So yeah, <clears throat> right. So, okay, what else is going on? Mufti, the stoning question. Stoning? Stoning question. Stoning. Hassan Walid is back. They say Adam was around 80,000 miles, so how could they be 70,000 apart? Any? <laughs> See, this, this is why you gotta give it though. You know, the committed. <laughs> You get the set eight, but they're committed. They're like committed to the cause through and through. <laughs> Why don't you read science? The, you're talking about 80,000 years ago is the cognitive revolution, which I would agree with. But it's not what they're speaking about in terms of the way they're placing the... Um, I mean, it like, first of all, the terms that science uses like chromosomal Adam, th th this is just, they've just used that just because the name Adam is popular from uh, religious sources. They're not obviously trying to fit the religious narrative. So I think there's a misunderstanding here. You, you think that scientists are trying to tell you how Adam was, they're not. They, they've just used the term Adam. They don't mean the actual Adam from the Bible. They've just said that where the chromosome seems to have uh, appeared from. So, so they've called it the chromosomal Adam. Homo sapiens have probably been around now with the latest findings, 200 to 300,000 years. But the cognitive revolution has only taken place probably about 70, 80,000 years ago. So I would feel that the, the cognitive revolution was Adam, salam. that's my understanding. And because there were plenty of Homo sapiens around anyway at that stage, so he would have mated with other Homo sapiens. So that, you know, it makes perfect sense. As opposed to your version, let's say, where he always, they gave birth the same day and they always had twins and all this incest going on. And he's marrying his own sister and he's mar she's marrying her own brother and then they're producing children and this kind of stuff. So rather than that, this version actually makes a lot more sense. 
<laughs> this is the not the hills have eyes version. <laughs> you know the 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 inbred folks. So this one is actually dignifying. So you know, but but some people they can't handle dignity. You know this one. <laughs> right. So. Right, somebody had asked the question about um, stoning. I've mentioned that there is no stoning like that in Islam. I've got a detailed clip on it. If you watch my clip on trajectory hermeneutics, I explain that, look, the, the stoning element, where it be true, is in, in the Hadith, it clearly mentions that the Prophet said to the Jewish people about ruling by their law and scripture which mentions stoning the quran clearly does not mention anything to do with stoning there's no such thing in the quran and that was simply the jewish scripture which is still in the bible by the way uh, that the prophet they wanted to rule by their scripture so and the prophet let it be now some people say that the prophet because he had adopted the jewish customs until islam was being uh, revealed and completed so there would have been a moment of time where he may have embraced this uh, the penal code as well from the Jewish scribes but once the verse of the Quran came down that would have been abrogated so the verse of the Quran spoke of lashing now I have mentioned how many uh, later scholars like the great Maliki scholar from over 600 years ago Abul Qasim al-Burzuli who was the Sheikh al-Islam in his time gave the fatwa that the objectives of the Sharia have changed and therefore the hudud have changed and by the demand of the Sharia that the Sharia itself mandates a change in the hudud so he and he authored uh, based on this and he implemented it he was a judge of his era he changed the hudud to financial penalties and this was followed on after him for generations in northwest africa and at the, around the same time in the east you had the ottoman sultan uh, known as uh, uh, Suleiman al-Qanuni, the lawmaker. Why is he called Qanuni? Because he changed. He said the Hudud need to change, and the Ottoman Empire changed the all of these things to uh, different penal codes like imprisonment and fines and things like that. So this, this is nothing new. You understand so it may be new to you because you just but that's just an argument from uh, ignorance <laughs> everything you don't know is new <laughs> I suppose so to you but Allah 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 he who knows it knows it and he who is ignorant and remains ignorant so um, Right, so somebody said if you mock and ridicule these inbred people, you will contribute little in reforming the tradition. <laughs> I'm not mocking them, they're mocking themselves. <laughs> I'm just celebrating their uh, sense of <laughs> their contribution to mankind as humor. <laughs> So that, you know, this case of uh, Junaid Hafiz, who is a, 
who was a, a Pakistani lecturer at, um, I believe it was called Bahauddin Zakaria University in Multan. Now, this uh, he has been sentenced to death just this in December 2019 on blasphemy on grounds of blasphemy in Pakistan. He he was under imprisonment from 2013. And a little backdrop to who this guy is, uh, just, uh, I mean, you can watch more detail about him online. Is he somebody, I suppose, traditional, born and raised in Pakistan, if, if with some loose sense of tr tradition there. Um, he wasn't necessarily that religious. He was very talented, somebody who embarked on a medical uh, kind of career. Uh, sorry, not career. Uh, an academic pursuit, he started studying medicine, then he became infatuated with literature, he studied poetry, uh, Keats and other poets and was very fascinated by them, travelled to America, did his degree over there, came back, taught in uh, Pakistan, Punjab, within the universities in Punjab, within this Multan University, maybe some other places as well. And here, he started to face a lot of criticism by some religious groups uh, who some of these uh, mullah type of people who were very kind of saying that oh this guy's too secular he's pushing for secular values he's against the quran he's against this he's against that they attributed a facebook page to him which he may have been responsible for i don't know but i think he denied it but even if he was responsible for it, I think it was called like Mad Mullahs or Mullah Munafiq, sorry, Mullah Munafiq, uh, the hypocrite Mullahs. Uh, and then they attributed some other pages to him which were uh, ridiculing, let's say, arguably, um, they claim that they were ridiculing the Prophet or Islam. But I, as far as I'm aware, none of these were proven to be his. Like they couldn't prove uh, that these were uh, that this page or blog or whatever it was actually belonged to him. So one is, you know, you could go to his his desktop and you've got it there. It wasn't like that. They didn't have proof like that. But they just said that you know the circumstantial evidence shows that look, this guy posts this, this this page posts this as well. Blah blah blah, whatever it is. And they've kind of like circumstantially matched it up and said well you know this guy has blasphemed so he was arrested in 2013 i think he challenged it by trying to say things like look because the website that they accused continue to remain active even after he's detained so that was his legal point that if it's me then how is it still going on whilst i'm inside prison so he was detained placed in isolated confinement and um he was first represented you see he, finding representation was difficult he initially got hold of a uh, a barrister who then kind of left him because there was too much social pressure for trying to defend somebody who is a gustach you know blasphemes against the prophet um he then found another person who was the head of the charity commission human rights commission sorry i believe in punjab who represented him and fought his case and was threatened within within the actual court like in front of the judge he was told that look by the other opposing prosecution that look if you carry on you're not even going to be alive for his trial 
uh, and the, um, before you know it, within the subsequent, you know, coming the, that coming year or so on, uh, he was gunned down in his office. The solicitor, the, the human rights uh, chair was gunned down. Right. So um, I think that may have been around 2015. And then he, he he's obviously this person, Junaid Hafiz, is left with no uh, representation. Uh, and I think they've tried this, you know, they weren't that wealthy. I think they sold things. The family tried to get representation. It was difficult. And then just this month in December 2019, the courts sentenced him to death. Right now, I want to share my thoughts on this okay now first of all i want to share my thoughts based on let's say he did say these things let's say he did question uh the prophet and he did question and even let's say he was sarcastic to the prophet or things like this let's go with that argument even though i feel that you can't these are such heavy things to levy against someone without true uh, objective irrefutable evidence and just you see because these things are based on intention a lot of these things and to say well no you know to prove that is very difficult but anyway let's for the sake of argument go with the fact that he did say it. let's say he did and he i don't know exactly what those things were there they haven't disclosed them um now does questioning islam or even ridiculing islam mandate a uh, uh, an execution a death sentence where do we get this from who told us was the prophet not insulted in his own day and age by people how did the prophet respond the, did the prophet respond by saying execute him how dare people today play God. The Quran clearly mentions la ikraha fi deen. There is no compulsion in matters of the deen. If a person doesn't want to be Muslim, let's say a person doesn't believe in Islam. If he doesn't believe or she doesn't believe, that's their choice. You know, who the hell are you to impose it on them? If God himself God Almighty does not impose religion on people. Who the hell are you to impose it? You know, God gives people a free choice. Then you can take your ridiculous sense of divinity and shove it where the sun don't shine. Because how, how do you have the right to do that? So this, I feel, is such a slap in the face of Islam in this day and age people where we feel now check this out we feel that we have the right to criticize other religions <laughs> the irony so we can so let's say people let's say hindus right next door to pakistan india we can mock oh ridicule hanuman for being a monkey god and ganesh for being an elephant head god we can ridicule these things oh that's okay we can ridicule statues and we can ridicule the concept of let's say you know reincarnation or we can ridicule these things oh that's okay because we're just basing it on reason oh you do it you have to be executed <laughs> what kind of a ridiculous absurd insecure 
common sense is that? This is utterly unacceptable. And you know, what they do, they, these people throw the Quran, metaphorically, they slam it against the wall, based on what? One hadith from Bukhari. The hadith being, مَنْ بَدَّلَ دِينَهُ Yeah. This hadith that they are basing on, I've got a whole clip dedicated to this, please watch it, called Apostasy uh, in Islam. This hadith is being transmitted by Ikrama. Ikrama ibn Ammar. Now, Ikrama was a Khwarij, an extremist. These people hated Sayyidina Ali. They hated Muawiyah. They used to call Ali, Muawiyah, these people kafirs. How can you take your deen from a jahil like Ikrama? You're basing the, the, the words of the Prophet on Ikrama, a fanatic. Ibn Umar an wouldn't even go into the, like he would be disgusted at the sight of Ikrama. These are, Imam Malik rejected this person's hadith, said this is Ikrama for God's sake. And you guys want to take life which is sacred based on the words of some idiot, Ikrama, who was a fanatic. He wasn't just a regular Khawarij, he was the sh from amongst the Mashaykh of the Khawarij. And the Khawarij, according to the Hadith in Bukhari, are the dogs of hellfire. This is what the Hadith describes them as. And yet you take this person's word over the word of God in the Quran. Bloody blind following Ikrama. Who the, what the hell is wrong with people? You know, so this is what they base their whole, the, the whole argument is based on Ikrama, his word. <laughs> A fanatic. So, but then they will say, oh, but our scholars accepted it. Oh, you mean people from 1000 years ago? Ah. So obviously they were going to accept it. In their day and age, that's because they didn't care. The world was a very different place in the medieval world. They didn't really, you know, they didn't see a sense of loyalty to, because they thought, well, in Christian countries, Muslims get executed. So here they can get executed. Who cares? That's not, that doesn't make it fair. That's just their view of looking at the world. They thought slavery was okay. They thought rape was okay. Most of their books, they say stealing from non-Muslim lands is okay. This is what they say. Ibn Taymiyyah writes that there's ijma, that if you snuck into, you sneak into non-Muslim territory, whatever you steal is yours. He writes there's ijma of this ummah on this. Oh, that's nonsense. Just because in his day and age, he probably thought it's okay, doesn't make it okay. These people are not God. So you have a verse of the Quran saying, La ikraha fiddin, even if a person, I'm going with the argument, I'm first of all, I don't believe that we can prove these things are meant to be, they're heavy claims, blasphemy. You know, the, the heavier the claim, the heavier the burden of proof. But even if for argument's sake, the person did say it and he wasn't happy with Islam, that's his choice. Is this now how you convince people about Islam? That, oh, if you question it, we'll kill you. Yeah, what kind of insecurity is this? 
like I said, let them question. Bring the best questions you've got. We will answer them. Are you that afraid of your own religion? Do you, are you that scared that it's false? Have some security, have some assurity of your faith. I've said bring the best questions you can against Islam. Bring them to me, I will try to answer them. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just one person. I'm sure there's you know, countless geniuses out there who can do a much better job than me. But I have that assurity that I would welcome criticisms from people towards Islam. It doesn't damage my faith. If anything, it, it reinforces it because, you see, you're only as good as your adversary and your opponent. Because if you're just used to, oh, nobody can question me, your faith is just blind dogma. So I was really hurt and disappointed to hear this kind of nonsense going on in a country like Pakistan in what is almost now 2020. Seriously, we need to move away from this kind of fanaticism. We need to move away from dogmatism. People, mark my word, unless you move to the voice of reason, this faith will slip away from your very from the grasp and clasp of your fingers. I tell you, if you reach old age, you will not have reached it without this faith having slipped away from you. And you can kiss it goodbye from the younger generations. That is my word and I can swear on it by Allah, that especially those living in the West, that you can forget this faith if you're not prepared to meet the voice of reason. If you're too scared, too shallow, too shy and uh, cowed in by anybody questioning your faith, then this won't last. It may just stubbornly be with you, but it is not something that you'll be able to convey to the generations after you, right? Because they won't accept this. So I, so I mean, I, my, I do hope and pray that, you know, may uh, people like Imran Khan intervene. I don't know if he will, because if he does, it may trigger a bloody civil, un you know, like a bloody civil war or something. Uh, I don't know, but it's, it's really disappointing to hear this. You know, we need freedom of thought, people. If somebody wants to criticize the Quran, criticize it. The Quran is not insecure. It's not full of mistakes. I, I would say to somebody, you know, if you want to question this, question it. Yeah? That, that is because I want to believe in it. So if you've got a really good question, put it to me. Let, let me see what a question is. If we cannot answer, then you can say, you know, but I guarantee we will meet strength with strength in opinion. I'm that sure of the faith so i don't so when people use force and brutality to kind of cement this faith it hurts me because i think that well, you see this it's because of these actions that islam as a whole is further kind of humiliated so yeah so i wanted to share that uh, is it's some unfortunate news, but, you know, I hope may, you know, inshallah, there be a positive turn 
to the story. Cool, let's take some of the questions, people. Right, oh, somebody's asked about... The <laughs> On a more interesting note, the death sentence of General Musharraf. Right, shukran, uh, uh, baby lotion. <laughs> you teasing us, you naughty naughty, baby lotion. <laughs> yeah, everybody's reading that. They, they, their minds are like, <laughs> if, we, if we have to play word association, <laughs> this one big problem. <laughs> so, baby lotion has asked that, um, for those of you, by the way, before I go on, those of you wanting to find my response on the whole apostasy thing, please just YouTube search on my channel, on YouTube, my name, Mufti Abu Layth and apostasy. Uh, you can work apostasy, Islam, keywords, people, come on, search it, it'll come up. Right, so, right, now this General Musharraf uh, from Pakistan, has been sentenced to a death sentence. For God's sake, what has happened to the courts in Pakistan? <laughs> and it gets better <laughs> in, a, in a ridiculous way. People, the judge, the judge who, one of the judges, sorry, I believe there were three judges that presided over the, the case or whatever, but one of them in his official judiciary in his notes this is formal you know this is not like he's just on some post-it note <laughs> or in a whatsapp chat group this is his his formal case summary notes his direction he gave his direction of what regarding the sentence the sentence they passed is they said General Pervez Musharraf, because of his uh, military coup d'etat that he conducted in the late 90s and took over the government and he jeopardized the lives of certain people and whatever it was, there were some outstanding cases, that this as a deterrent for further any other army generals in the future who may have certain ambitious intentions to to, <laughs> to do a military coup we're giving him a death sentence right so there's that and then one of the judges added he said the death sentence should be he should be hanged then his body dragged through the streets and he mentioned a particular famous square like a particular chalk and he said and then it should be dragged up to there and then hung in public for three days on public display. <laughs> this is 2019 coming to 2020, people. Does this judge live think he's... Has, is he, has he been watching Vikings that much that he's kind of transported himself into Vikings or Game of Thrones? <laughs> Has he forgotten? Has he got into role play? <laughs> right. What? What is going on? How can a judge, a person so formally trained, with so much 
academic accolade arrive at a decision where he's going to put in formal writing as directions <laughs> I think you should drag his dead body through the streets and hang it up in such and such square on public display for three days that's my academic contribution <laughs> then we wonder why are people laughing at Pakistan <laughs> and the others are like wow kya academics hai yaar. the year was it uh 19 was it 1919 actually when einstein had uh, his his thing of general relativity had been affirmed and published it was around that time anyway so a hundred years ago you've got einstein people and he's come up with this and they've done this and they thought look wow you know look at this relativity and the way we've demonstrated light and at the time quantum physics is being kind of discovered and and all these things going on and world war one has just finished and people are thinking whoa what's going on i'm thinking you know what in a hundred years time though what we're setting up for people wow where their academic thought is going to be in a hundred years from today <laughs> And then you fast forward a hundred years and you've got this judge. <laughs> he's gone like, he's, he's, he's in reverse a thousand years. <laughs> I know. And then we'll hang him up for three days on public display. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God, honestly, I can't believe, you know, it's that ridiculous that it's making me laugh. It's so dumb. It's like the dumbest of the dumbest thing. Thank God there's been an outcry in Pakistan by news anchors, news, uh, you know, news reporters, by analysts, by critics. There's been a, an outcry saying, has this judge lost his mind? thank god that's the first thing secondly i think for god's sake i'm against all capital punishment i've got a clip on this i'm not pro capital punishment i don't believe the sharia in this day and age would mandate capital punishment and although i accept that's a political debate and i accept that as you know they may you know people would disagree with that uh but I really feel that in this case, trying to execute General Pervez Musharraf is ridiculous. I mean, Pakistan has worked so hard since Imran Khan to kind of try and build a reputable image in the international community. This will just plummet the any reputation that they've built so far below any respectable line, people, that this is ridiculous. You know, the, so I don't know, Allah, you know, you, the world, what is happening to the world? You know, you've got that in Pakistan, just when you think Pakistan's improving. And then across the border, you've got India with the whole CAA and, you know, this, you know, and here <laughs> on this side, 
ملک غرق ہو رہا ہے سو آئی تھنک یا Yeah, I mean, th- th- I don't think they will let Musharraf hang. If they do, Pakistan is going to suffer economically, massively. I mean, you know, I, d- I think the international community will think that Pakistan ain't going anywhere. Forget investing in Pakistan. So because they, they invest, they, they, they'd actually been rising. The GDP had been doing reasonably well uh, since Imran Khan has come in. All right, so... Uh, right. What's going on? Somebody said, Mufti, the thing you said, I said to you, you uh, the rationalism you stick to, if you stick to this, faith will slip out of your hands. Sure. But you see, I, I was told this by people who are dogmatists 20 years ago. Yeah. 20 years ago, I was told by people when I was still in Madrasa that Mufti, if you stick to the voice of reason, you will become a kafir. Yeah. So I said then, as I say later on, that Allah gave me an aql for a reason. If he gave me an aql and then he's going to punish me for using it, then to me that doesn't make any sense. I will stick with the sound voice of reason, which to me, hopefully echoes a divine bestowment from God. Two decades later, people, I am still here. Many of those people who said to me about this, about faith slipping away are in a crisis of faith. Many of them have come to me and asked me to now explain Uh, how do these things actually make sense? You see this, God will show you that day. I tell you, I, to me, I build my faith on reason. I firmly plant it and I believe that that's how this faith is meant to be. You don't have to follow me. You don't have to take my route. I have no qualms whatsoever with people disagreeing with me. I'm not insecure in the slightest, you know. میں اکیلا ہی چلا تھا جانے بے منزل مگر لوگ ساتھ آتے گئے اور کارواں بنتا گیا somebody has asked me that if you you know reason leads you away from faith then fine You know, but you see, I'm not scared because I have, I have trust that if God has given you the voice of reason, things ought to make sense until today. Alhamdulillah, there's not been a single challenge that I've not, that to me, Islam has not stood the test. It has. You know, whether it's the miracles, because I saw that actually a lot of people were, there was a lot of guesswork going on. The Quran wasn't actually saying much of what people made out, they painted out. And actually what it says stands the absolute test. So whether it was things like evolution, whether it was things like science, genetics, whether it was things like... And, And many of these people today, they, you know, and, and I can, I'm certain in the next decade, You know, if I live, 
um, that many more will come to me because you see you have to remember something it's not sometimes the ideas that change it's the people this is why I know I said it earlier on as a joke <laughs> I said that you guys are just extras you know you guys are gonna have to die out unfortunately <laughs> But unfortunately, that's, there's actually some reality to that, you see, because as it's been said by people, it's not that opinions change, but the people holding them just die. And they're replaced with younger people with different, gener with different ideas. And the ideas that I echo definitely resonate with the younger generations because they can see, because they're brought up in a voice of reason and they can see this. So... It is a lifeline to so many people, what I say. So I hope that makes some sense. Somebody said from hospital du'as requested. Ya salam, ya salam. Uh, Bilal is in hospital. Shafak Allah wa afak. May Allah give you a swift and complete recovery. Ameen. Right, so. Uh, right, so let's. Right, let's move on. Somebody's asking a question about Christmas. Right, uh, let's move on. What's, what? This one? Oh, there it is. You see, I've, I've got hold of this mouse, people. Check this out. Oh, you nutty, nutty. Right, so this, this, this one, <laughs> this one quite fun. <laughs> so you can move this around, some control. Ah, technology, people, technology. Guys, also, I will be launching my Patreon account soon. So hopefully by the end of this year, so beginning with 2020, it should be up and running. So I'll be accepting patrons. <laughs> why not? Oh, why not? Why not? So it's a great way to support, great way to encourage, to, 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 to kind of become a part. And it's a great way to to spend your money. <laughs> so let's move on to shall I bring in the shall I show you guys some of the comments going on? <laughs> what is going on? Look at that, people. Alright, you got the comments right there. Uh, guys, we did, let's see, you can post your, ah, I thought I'd just switch through, you know, just make it look a bit, style, people, style. <laughs> right, so flipping it back to, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just taking this back, I'm going to also, you know, I'm learning and trying to improve it every, every week, so, this is like only my third show, I think, like this. Um, so it's it's coming along. It's coming along pretty good, actually, alhamdulillah. But it, these things obviously take, they do take time. I'm just uh, getting this here. There you go. And I'm just going to bring up the other chat as well. The YouTube chat, there it is, it's back up. Right, so, oh, and on YouTube, people, if you want to send a super sticker, ah, super chat me, it, it, there you go, you can send one right through if you want to support the channel, go for it, people, long live, stay blessed. Right, now, moving on to an important question, there's, 
Christmas. What do we think about all of this? Right, celebrating uh, Christmas or just saying, you know, giving, returning greetings. Returning greetings of saying, Merry Christmas, people. <laughs> or uh, get it, setting up a Christmas tree or Santa Claus. Father Christmas kind of thing, gifts, getting together on Christmas Day. What do we think about all of this? So let's take a look. Right, so first of all, I'd like to uh, tackle this from a few perspectives. Let's look at the religious angle. Now, I understand that many people, they're just to be clear on the discussion here, I do feel that all of these things are permissible okay that i've mentioned and i'm going to go into the detail and the evidences in just a moment but i'll begin by clarifying the mawqif okay the position that these things are permissible whether it's saying merry christmas happy christmas whether it's setting up a christmas tree santa claus presents getting together even if people are having a meal on christmas day these kind of things i do feel they're permissible that said, I recognize that many people unfortunately feel all of these things I've said are haram. <laughs> okay, they've said that not only are they haram, some of those people feel that they're kufr as well, that they're disbelief. <laughs> right, so okay, so I'm going to tackle some of these things um, and go through them just to give us an, an idea. Okay, now what I'd like to do is also I'd like to... Um, okay, here it is. I'd like to go through as well the evidences that these people would have. And sorry, I'm just bringing up here a, a list just to begin, because I know a lot of people will object to what I'm about to say. So first of all, I'm not alone in saying these things. I'd just like to, uh, for the greetings and saying things like, uh, you know, Merry Christmas to non-Muslims and stuff like this, or just exchanging greetings. Not only is it an old opinion from the Hanbali method, one of the four uh, schools of law within um, Sunni Sharia, but it is also the, the opinion of, you've got Sheikh Abdullah bin Bayya has given that fatwa. You've got Sheikh Ali al-Jifri has given that fatwa. You've got Sheikh Yusuf Qardawi. Sheikh Ahmed Tayyib, the Grand Sheikh of Al-Azhar, has given that fatwa. Sheikh Ali Jum'a before him had given it. Sheikh Abdul Sattar Saeed of Al-Azhar had given that fatwa. Sheikh Ahmed Mamdouh, uh, who's the resident mufti and head of research for Dar Lifta in Egypt, has given that fatwa. Sheikh uh, Sayyid Suqi from Qatar, has given that fatwa. Sheikh Mustafa Zarqa has given that fatwa. Uh, Sheikh Rashid Rida had given that fatwa. Sheikh Tahir Al-Qadri from Pakistan has given that fatwa. Allama Javed Ghamidi Saab has given that fatwa. Uh, Sheikh Ahmed Sharbasi from Egypt has given that fatwa. Sheikh Ahmed Babikar from the UK has given that fatwa. Uh, these are just to name a few. And then, of course, last but not least, yours truly. 
<laughs> has given that fatwa. So, so people, just to show first of all that there is, um, that there that there are many ulama who have said this is permissible. So I'm not alone in that. But I want to go through some of the arguments. Uh, on why on those people who've challenged it as being haram so first of all let's look at the religiosity they've said well christians claim that jesus was born on this day so okay the birth of jesus now we know although that isn't factually accurate but let's say this is a day in its origin commemorative of the birth of jesus christ now okay alayhi salam now let's look at the quran how, what is the attitude of the Qur'an towards the birth of Jesus Christ? Now, the attitude of the Qur'an quotes the words of Allah are that Salamun alayya yawma walidtu May there be peace and blessings upon me the day I was born, Jesus said. So the Qur'an doesn't seem to, if anything, it seems to, you know, partake in celebrating that Jesus was born. So, okay, so the birth of Jesus in and of itself can't seem to be a problem because, you know, the Quran seems to recognize his birth as a, as a blessing. So he said, well, hmm, that's okay, but the Christians, when they say Jesus was born, they don't mean Jesus the way we mean Jesus. They mean Jesus, the Son of God. So, so you say, okay, okay, that's their understanding. So they say, yeah, of course. So they say, but, what, but we don't ascribe to that understanding. They say, no, but when you accept Christmas, you by default accept their understanding. They say, well, okay, well, the Quran seems to recognize the Christians as worshipping God. Would you not agree? They would say, of course. You know, or we've got, you know, there's many, the Ahlul Kitab in the Qur'an are clearly recognized as, re as worshipping Allah. Yes. Ah, but their concept of Allah is one that can have different Godheads. So Jesus can be a Godhead of God. So you say, yeah. Say, but we don't ascribe to that. Say, no, we don't. But... But we recognize that they recognize God for that. And that doesn't implicate us in their beliefs. So when we recognize that, let's say this day was originated for remembering Jesus Christ being born, why do we have to automatically be full on their beliefs? We don't. So that's the first point to clear the religiosity angle. The second thing is, well, you say, well, you know, this... Well, you know, this by saying this, you're showing compassion to Christian beliefs. And you're kind of participating and thereby validating. <laughs> you're validating Christian uh, heresy. Okay. Aha. But at this point, I would like to ask a question. Allah says in the Quran, that you know that that we can eat the meat of the people of the book ah but by doing so are we not validating their beliefs they say yeah but you know but eating their meat isn't really like showing compassion to them or something like this it's like just you know survival
survival, we need food, so we take food. So we do. Aha! But Allah says in the Quran, we can also marry Christians. This one, this one, marry, you know, this one. So when you marry someone, there's going to be some of the hanky panky, you know. The <laughs> so there's going to be the love, you know, the love will happen, the love, you know. <laughs> you know, when you make love, there's sometimes the love. Hacer el amor. Right, so. Are you telling me by marrying someone, you will not most likely have strong affections, some love, compassion, all of this? They say, yeah, you will. So are you not validating their beliefs? So, you see, from a religious angle, there's no religiosity to argue against. The, I'm looking right now at the religiosity angle. I'm going to move to the historical perspective and then I'll look at the contemporary, uh, the holistic perspective. So this is from a religious thing. The, it, when you look at it, it seems very clear that hmm, you know, there's nothing in religion that seems to be that anti-Christian because according to the Hadith, the Prophet came to Medina and found the Jewish people celebrating Ashura. And he said, well, why do you celebrate Ashura? They said, we celebrate it because Moses was saved on this day. And Moses is so blessed. Prophet said, Nahnu bi Musa, let's just celebrate it. Because we, we also absolutely adore Musa, salam. So let us celebrate it. So, aha, this one, <laughs> now gridlocked. So, if they celebrating it because Jesus was born, even though he wasn't born on that day, but they... So, نَحْنُ أَحَقُّ بِعِيسَى مِنْهُمْ You know, we're more deserving to recognize Jesus than the Christians. You know, we recognize him as he truly was. <laughs> the Messiah, not the Son of God. So, now, okay, so from a religious perspective, there doesn't seem to be any, truly speaking, red flags. Because if we're going to be honest, because if you say any form of validating them must equal kufr, then validating their meat, validating the fact that they slaughtered to a trinity, right, in the past, validating that, validating that you can marry a Jewish woman who, according to Judaism, in order for the child to be born a Jew, the, mom has, the mother has to be Jewish. So you're validating Judaism. So, are you not? So, I mean, it clearly can't be that. Now, let's move to the historical perspective. Now, I do feel that, look, historically, it is true that many ulama were against these kind of practices. Like, if you go back 1,200 years. But you have to remember that, look, 1,200 years ago, the world was a very different place. There was a lot of confrontation and the world was kind of sectioned off. You know, you had Arabs living here, you had Christian Byzantines over here, you had Persians over there, you had, you know, it wasn't kind of integrated the way the world is today to some extent, especially in the West. Now, so they naturally, when you other off the other person, that he's the other, you don't want to sometimes be like them. You don't want to even do things like that, and there's a conscientious effort 
example, I mean, this is, I mean, it's a, it's a petty example, but it's good to show things. Take, let's take India-Pakistan just as a quick momentary example right now. Look, India-Pakistan, in essence, are the same kind of people. You know, northern India, anyway, because Pakistan is part of northern India. They're the same kind of people. I mean, we speak the same kind of language, we have the same kind of culture, same kind of thing. But because of the political divide, Pakistan doesn't want to be associated with India in any way. Uh, Indians don't want to be associated with Pakistanis in any way. Now, to the extent that, look, there's words. Now, check this out. There'll be words in Urdu and Hindi, right, which they won't use conscientiously and there'll be amazing words and and i think why not these are like really good like sometimes like let's say you have the word summer like summer in 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 i mean not like summer like the environment but it means like time if i say us summer now it's more used in hindi so in pakistan they'll never use it you know they'll never use this kind of word but we'll just use vak now there's nothing wrong with using vak but, you see, some would only be, no, no, India, they're going to use that word, you know, like, and they're very conscientious about the words they use. It's crazy, honestly, I'm, I'm not, like, they will never, like, they'll make a point to not say certain words because, and differentiate their words to look different that we don't want to seem similar in any way, forging an identity. So in a similar way, now this, look how petty this is, with just words, which if you think about it, you understand them, they understand them, but no, but we won't use the word. You know, like let's say the word life, like jivan. Like no, no, we can't use that. <laughs> because, uh, you know, this is really a Hindi word. We have to use just an Urdu word, you know, just Zindagi, Zist, Yev, or whatever, but we're not going to use Jeevan. Like, this, this kind of stubbornness, now you take it from this level, and you go back a thousand years, and imagine then when the races were different as well, and religion was different, and language was different, and culture was different. So... It's, the animosity is going to be much more stark. So you've got there people saying in the past, look, if, if you donate, if you gift an egg to somebody, to a Persian person celebrating the Nehruz, which is the, the Nehruz, which is the, the New Year's Day, then that is Kufr. But it isn't really, but it's just because in their day and age, this was something that was so you know, oh my God, we're going to be so different. So I accept in the past there was this thing, but that doesn't make it Islamic. Just because Muslims did it, it doesn't make it Islamic. You see, that's my point. And just because Muslims justified it by using Islamic sources doesn't make it Islamic. Just as they justified slavery, just as they justified rape, just as they justified things like they justified killing people, just as they justified stealing. Like I mentioned before, Ibn Taymiyyah said that there is a consensus of this ummah. If anybody sneaks into non-Muslim territory and steals something, that thing is his. Like he said, there's a consensus you can do this. And you think, no, but that's stealing. 
And just because in their day and age it seemed normal to them, doesn't make it, I'm not trying to blame them. Look, what I'm not doing is demonizing them. They were a part and parcel of their collective consciousness. One person could change their entire environment. But what I'm saying is we today should be, have enough intelligence to separate culture, their age, medieval social culture from religion. And just because Ibn Taymiyyah said it, or this person said it, we shouldn't throw God under the bus. So that's what I'm saying, okay? Now, if you look at the Hadith of the Prophet, however, when the Prophet moved to Medina, what did he say? Look, in Medina, majority of the people were not necessarily Muslim. I mean, sorry, there were many Muslims in Medina, but there were still many non-Muslims. There were many non-Muslims in Medina as the Prophet moved there initially because Islam was still kind of growing and developing it was very early stages and what did the Prophet say the first thing you should do when they asked him what should we do what's the message what do you want us to do here let's do something they were motivated they said what should we do and the Prophet said he gave them advice and this is the best practice that we can do he said that he said, you know what, go around feeding people. salam. Spread peace and greetings. You know, if you see someone, say hi to them. To those you know, and those you don't even know who they are. Do they have to be Muslim? No. And the Prophet said, That is all you need to have salvation. Now, the Prophet was encouraging to go greet people who weren't Muslim. Just greet them, just be good human beings. So that's the message you find from the prophetic guidance. Now, okay, now let's take a... So that was... The, I recognize historically many Muslim scholars were against this kind of thing. But that doesn't make it necessarily accurate. That was my point. Uh, that just means that was their cultural context, just like many other things, just as we today wouldn't accept slavery. But many of the, uh, most of the scholars in the past saw it as a no-brainer. That's because their day and age was like that. So, <coughs> yeah, now moving towards the final evaluative stage, a holistic stage. People may say that, look, by participating, let's say, in... People may say, look, <clears throat> okay, we recognize things like a Christmas tree. A Christmas tree doesn't actually have any Christian relevance, okay, but it's just become associated with Chris Christmas. Uh, some people say it was a Roman practice, some people say it was something else, but it became affiliated with Christmas, but it wasn't actually part of the Christian thing. Uh, Santa Claus, some people say, maybe originated with uh, St. Nicholas, but the point is, today nobody really knows that. They just see Father Christmas, Santa Claus, ho, 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 and presents. And, and it's an opportunity for family to get together, because in the West especially, it's a day off, and people ain't doing much, most shops are shut, so it's a good opportunity for family to get together. The other thing is, in the West, there is an incredibly increasing, and an increasingly uh, individualistic culture where the individual is, you know, my life is my life. I don't really, it's not that family.
family oriented i mean maybe your own nucleus family like your children that that kind of family but not extended family so people are usually busy with work they're busy with things and christmas is seen as a time where there's a bit of there's like an atmosphere of a kind of uh, of family values so people will say let's get presents for let's have a whole extended family meal let's get together let's do these things so these things are great opportunities for that they're not actually doctrinal in any way they're not christian in doctrine okay so just to clarify that point now somebody may say okay i recognize that santa claus today uh, is not seen as something as a religious act a christmas tree is not seen as a religious act a family getting together having a meal is not seen as a religious act uh, buying presents for kids or whatever is not seen as a religious act however however they may object rather that the that the roots for all of this they they come from uh, christianity so the roots that although this today doesn't look religious but if you you know kind of like went back into its tiny roots when it was just a microorganism it had christian kind of uh, seeds to it i would say look okay even if it did even if it did because obviously the roots were either roman or christian or there was something they were obviously came from somewhere but then i would argue that look let's take a look at the hajj i've got a whole video you can check it on youtube on the blackstone and on safa and marwa explaining that look safa and marwa and the blackstone and these things were most likely all pagan practices before islam they weren't something that this this story that hajar ali salam kind of went ran between safa and marwa is most likely made up by later muslims because the quran actually tells you about safa and marwa and does not mention that story uh, although it was the perfect time to mention the story right so that uh, you had in fact if you read the tafasir read qurtubi these other mufassirin qurtubi mentions that waqala ba'du ahli al-ilm min al-ansar that some of the great knowledgeable companions from medina when they came to mecca they refused when they were on the hajj they refused to do safa and marwa because they said that this is from the jahiliya pagan practices of the people of mecca because on safa and marwa it was not haja there was a female goddess called naila and there was the male goddess isaf and they were lovers that had violated the sanctuary and they were turned to pillars of stone and it was the yearning between them the running between them that was this act of display between two lovers this is the true history of safan marwa it's not hajar ran seven times this was just something that later muslims just kind of made up so they could build a bridge with other arabs in the middle east just to say that no it's got abrahamic uh, roots to it because how do we know this because the ansar themselves said that we refuse to do safan marwa this is from jahiliya this is naila nisa what what have we got to do with them gods and allah says in the quran inna safa wal marwata min sha'airillah that yes now safa and marwa it may have had a history but now they <coughs> they are seen as symbols and symbolic of god 
فمن تطوع and هي تطوع does not mean من تنفل because it's not nafal it's not voluntary it's an obligatory act of umrah and hajj safan marwa فمن تطوع اي من حسبهما طاعه لله whosoever took these things to be a ta'a for Allah an act of worship فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ شَاكِرٌ عَلِيمٌ Then indeed Allah is grateful for you seeing this as a, a practice to God. Because your physical acts don't reach God, it's your devotion. So Allah could have said, Oh, إِنَّ الصَّفَا وَالْمَرْوَةَ مِنْ You know, مِنْ شَعَائِرْ حَاجَرْ وَإِبْرَاهِيمُ When, you know, uh, uh, what is it? عِنَّمَا سَعَتْ حَاجَرْ بَيْنَهُمَا وَسَبْعَ مَرَّاتَ And this and this, uh, Hajar, when she ran seven times. And Allah never said any of that. And it was the ideal, it was the time to say it. Because they were asking, they were saying, this is pagan, we don't want to. Allah said the truth, that look, whatever it was, but what is it now? Now, it's something which if people, the, these people that are doing it are remembering God. So whoever now accepts it, fine. You know, Allah uh, is grateful for your worship. Now, the black stone, the black stone most likely did begin, you know, many centuries before, maybe one or two centuries BC, before Jesus, uh, with the, the main pilgrimage thing beginning in Petra. That, that is most likely because the, the rest of the Arabs seem to be influenced by the Nabataeans. The Nabataean Arabs and their main god, which was the big black stone, Dushera. And you've got, because of, there's so many volcanoes right throughout Arabia, that there's, you know, so many volcanoes, that either volcanic uh, residue, which you find these black stones, or it was a meteorite, the black stone that fell, and people therefore associated some divinity with it. But in the time of Islam, because people just saw it as a kind of ritual, and they just had that respect to it, it was left there, and respected. That's why Umar said that, Ya Hajar Aswad, you are nothing. He said to the black stone, that's the Sahihadith. He said, You can't do anything. You can't harm, you can't benefit, you are meaningless. He said, but I saw the Prophet kiss you once, so I will kiss you. Now this, you see, th this, this is important because we understand that there were several practices. What do you think the practice of Arafah was? Arafah, well, don't say Ibrahim went to Arafah as well now. Arafah was the marketplace, it was where all the, the, the Arab tribes would gather on their pilgrimage. What is that? How is something ringing? Right, so we would... Some idiot <laughs> trying to <laughs> interrupt my flow, right? So the, you've got here that, look, Arafah was when certain, when it was one of the marketplaces, the Mosum. So they used to, you know, the caravans, uh, they would have markets each month of the year at a different place within the Arab kingdoms. And in Dhul Hijjah, it would reach Arafah. That's where the markets would be. And then they would have that at the, the plain just before Arafah there. They would have that for eight days. Then they would have the, the they would get to have that kind of like a celebratory thing. They would get together, stand up Arafah. They would have Yom Tarwiyah. They would do these things. And these practices were then just... So I can't believe this, honestly. Some person. Alright. I'm going to block this person.
this, but yet, and the, and the Quraysh would only keep Mecca for themselves. They would, they were the only people doing tawaf around Mecca. So the truth is that yes, there were some pagan origins to, uh, you know, some of the Hajj practices, but in the time of Islam, those things had disappeared. So Islam just kept it. So today, when you look at these uh, practices here of, let's say, a Christmas tree or Santa Claus or getting together, yes, there may have been, there would have been some origin if you go back a thousand years or 1500 years, there would have been some origin that would have originated somewhere. You know, maybe it was a pagan practice, maybe it was a Christian practice, maybe it was a, some other kind of practice, but today it doesn't have that value. Not for these people partaking in it. So, thereby, it is permissible. Cool people, I hope that's of some help, that's in considerable detail for those of you that have been, uh, it's, don't say the mic is not working. Is somebody saying the mic not working? Oh my god. I'm sorry people, I can't believe this. I can't believe this person. Alright. One moment though. teach you to call me <laughs> right so people right now um, let, let me just bring this up so we're gonna have to wrap this up I've got a little if I can just oh there it is if I can just get up here a video I've got a little clip for us people this is uh, this is an example of uh, Muslims trying to <laughs> It's an allegory. You know how you've got like Plato's allegory of the cave. <laughs> this is an allegory. Somebody had sent this to me of like Hizbut Tahrir. <laughs> HT trying to set up a caliphate. Let's see. All right. So this this is how. So this is the equivalent, people, of the genius. So somebody had sent this to me. I thought, let me share this. You've got some people here trying to do a breaking. And so, <laughs> so this is the equivalent of trying to get a job well done. <laughs>
um, I had to share that. I was like, that is so funny. Yes, and um, so guys, with that, I'm gonna wrap this up. And just if there's uh, any any messages, anything, feel free to reach out to me. Do I am releasing? Uh, somebody said my mic is messed up again. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. No, it shouldn't be. It's still on the clear mic here that I can see. Is the mic not working? Right, okay. Right, somebody said the mic's not working. It's not been working for an hour. What the heck? Don't tell me that that's true, people. Peoples! I'm going to be gutted if that's the case. I've just been pouring my... It's dead, dude. Ah. Somebody said it's rattling. That's what it is. I don't know. Mm. I don't know, people. Well, I hope that it managed to record. Nevertheless, if it didn't record, I'll have to upload from the recording. But guys, as always, it's been awesome. Um, Mufti sounds like the poltergeist. Okay. Right, so people, you've still been bearing through all of that with me. Much love. Right, shukran for all of that. Do subscribe to my YouTube uh, channel if you haven't already. I'm releasing something daily. If you want to reach out to me, you can message me on Insta, on Facebook Messenger, things like that. Cool guys, as always, let me just bring this up right here. Where's my... Here it is. I'll bring this up. So as always, much love. Take very good care of yourselves. I will see you now next week into the new year. Till then, have an awesome time, people.